You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Welcome to Syntax. Today is the tastiest podcast about blogging. We got an awesome question in our potluck and uh, it was super well thought out. And I thought, hey, let's do an entire episode on this because I've got a lot to say about blogging. I think blogging can be super beneficial to your career. So we're going to dive into like sort of the the specifics of creating content and how to make good content, as well as the mechanics of like, where do you post it? Like, what's the best platform for that? How do you get traffic to it? Today, we are sponsored by two awesome companies. First one is Sentry. They're going to do all of your error and exception tracking. And the second one is Sanity, which is going to uh, give you a structured content CMS. It's going to be the back end to your front end. We'll talk about them partway through the episode uh, with me today. And as always, is Scott Talinsky. How are you doing? today scott hey doing good just hanging out ready to talk about blogging yeah just uh um, <laughs> i've been working on a lot of fun projects lately just on my my little spare time and it's uh it's been really nice because it's so funny when you you know level up tutorials is, has always and it still is a fun project for me but like the moment it becomes your job job uh it's it inherently becomes a little bit less fun so i've been working on some little little fun side projects that actually are going to be uh pulled back into level up at some point but it does a nice little trick in my brain that makes me think it's a for fun project and uh <laughs> I, i've been pretty uh pretty into it so uh yeah no i'm i'm just i'm in a good coding mind space right now and i'm i'm ready to talk about some blogging stuff cuz i'm i'm actually be going to be doing a form of video blogging myself it's totally not relevant to this episode in terms of blogging but uh yeah i think at least there there's some connection there in the type of content and things like that so no, i'm just excited about talking about sharing what you know and how to do it how are you doing wicked i'm doing pretty good we are still up at our cottage we have uh my wife's caitlin's family over right now which they so kindly took our kids to uh, the park while well, we can record because we realized yeah. where, where I had put my office in the in the cottage. Um, the kids' playroom is right above us. And have you ever lived in an apartment where like people above you are so loud? Like, what could oh. you possibly be doing? <laughs> we the just worst. there were there were people. Uh, we got a new roof over here, and there was like yeah. you know six guys hammering on our roof. And I was like, I told Courtney, I'm like. This reminds me of that one apartment that we lived in in Ann Arbor where this guy, we actually, we called him Stompy because we just swear. We're like, is he an elephant? Like, what is he? Is he an elephant? He's rolling bowling balls up there. What's what's Stompy doing today? And uh, a little side story about Stompy. He was uh, learning how to play the guitar, which is cool. You know, it's a loud hobby. You maybe should put some headphones yeah. on or something. It's But he was learning how to play the guitar. And instead of like practicing or playing a bunch of different stuff, the dude yeah. played one song 24-7, and that song was Hit Me With Your Best Shot. And so we just had to hear <laughs> that dun 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 just over oh, and over. <laughs> so Stompy, Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. I think if there's any motivating uh, factor in my life to buy a house, it was living above or below random people. Like I had one time when I lived in Toronto, it was like a shared vent system. So like you could hear everything uh, through like the cold air returns and everything. And yeah. this person would just decide to play drums at like <laughs> one in the morning, like full on drums. Like, do you not realize there's people here? You would go down there and be like, what are you doing? Like, and they're like, oh, sorry, is it loud? Like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you can't play drums at one loud. in the morning. 
Oh, that drives me crazy sharing sharing space. Anyways, my kids are doing that right now, so I have to figure out another spot for my desk because they are <laughs> stompy. I can't hear them, so and it, you know. No, they're they're gone at the park right now, which is okay. Uh, well, that explains which is conveniently timed. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about blogging. We got this um, awesome question from Tim, who uh, puts in in quotes sticker dev. The question was. Hi, gents. You frequently talk about writing blog posts as a good way to improve skills, show motivation, help others, and really double down on learning something. So I have decided to write a blog post. I have started searching the internet and it is all geared towards WordPress mainly. But surely there is different ways and stacks to do this. I know your Gatsby Starter course shows a blog, Scott, maybe an episode or a tasty treat done on the following. It's funny because he detailed out this entire show notes and I read over it. I was like, this is perfect. This is an online. (laughs) One of the questions was like, how do you outline a blog post? I'm like, Tim, yeah. uh, you you know how to do this because clearly you just outlined a show for us. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but this is the outline of a blog post, Tim. Uh, so we're going to go through that. And uh, the one like sort of thing here, he, he put this at the end, but I'm going to put it at the start is... How do blog posts help you learn? Make a list of topics. Start researching those topics for the blog post. Uh, what a better way to learn uh, than trying to explain it to someone else who doesn't know it. You guys say this all the time, but it didn't really sink in until right now. This was a huge aha moment for me. So I think that is such a good thing to, to double down here is you you might think like, oh, I, I don't have anything to share with people. I, uh, there's blog posts out about other things. It's, that's not the point of blogging. The point of blogging is to be able to explain something well enough so that you confirm it to yourself that you know it. And if you don't know it well enough, you're going to figure it out. Same thing with talks and, and podcasts. And anytime that you, you try to explain something to someone else, you're really doing it for selfish reasons to just teach it, teach it to yourself, right? Totally. Yeah, I, I so I, I so very much get that, especially because the things that I learn and teach the best are the things that I've just learned. Uh, just because you you understand the pain points, you understand what exactly uh, the things that you ran into when you were learning this technology, and then by therefore writing these things all out, it's almost like an advanced form of like double notes where you're like maybe you took notes, maybe you just took mental notes, but then the blog post is sort of like a, an affirmed version of those notes to say, this is what this uh, actually is in my brain. And this is how I understand it. Or, you know, I even like talk to Courtney sometimes and I'm sure she absolutely loves this. I'm sure this is one of her favorite things about our relationship <laughs> when I try to explain to her web topics and she's just sort of like, yeah, why are you telling me about this? So, you know, that, that just being able to explain it to people who don't know what you're talking about is is the best way to, to just totally get a better handle on it. And maybe you'll run into some epiphanies yourself while writing the post about the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first question we have here is, what are some of the different platforms to publish a blog on? So uh, I I think that this is probably not uh, the best first question to ask yourself, but it is the the first question that people ask. They say, okay, um, what am I going to post it on and what is it going to look like? When the reality, the the meat and potatoes of blogging is is what is the actual content? That's that's what matters at the end of the day, right? But that said, I definitely think the... the, uh, where you publish your your blog posts is, is super important. So there's I guess there's a couple camps. There's there's host it yourself. So whether that's your your you're doing a Gatsby or WordPress or something where you host it yourself and you're coding it and, and doing all that. Or there's the the other sort of 
way, which is publish it on something like probably Medium is the most popular right now or WordPress.com, something like that. So what are your thoughts about uh, both of those approaches, Scott? Yeah, I think there's I think there's there's so many platforms to pick from, right? You got in the hosted space, even ones that like that are outside of sort of our tech industry, like Tumblr, like people use Tumblr as a blog, Squarespace mm-hmm. or or WordPress or any medium. But medium is just so obnoxious, right? Uh, there's pop ups that are like, well, sign up, you got to read the rest of that. Like, I really can't stand using oh, medium yeah. at this point. You know, I'm personally, because I'm a tech person, I'm going to go the self-hosted route and specifically because it is easier now than ever to get something that's very, very uh, polished, but nice and fast and all these things. Like when I think about in the past, okay, in the past you say, I want to, I want to host my own blog. Should I host it on WordPress or should I develop a WordPress site. Well, then you think about, okay, I got to get my, my ZAMP or MAMP server going or whatever. I got to get my Apache server going. I have to uh, install WordPress. I got to create a database. Then I got to install a theme. You got to do all of these things that take quite a bit of time. And it probably, uh, by the end of it, leaves you a little exhausted. So for me, I'm going to go self-hosted. And in my opinion, I don't know if we're going to get into this just yet. But in my opinion, the fastest way to get going with the self-hosted blog is with one of these new class of static site generators and markdown files. So if you're a tech person, you can write markdown files. My first instinct would go to Gatsby or Gridsome if you were a Vue fan and just uh, install it, get going right away because those platforms are going to allow you to do that in just seconds, right? Yeah, especially the the hosting aspect of the static site generators is so simple. Things like Netlify, I think that's often a tripping point, or or people never want to update their own. They never want to update it because they're like, oh, I forget how to deploy it, and then that's a huge thing, and that will deter you. So I I uh, agree as well. I think you should go that route. Um, I. I, I even said this like probably six years ago when Medium was starting to become popular. I was like, they're going to pull the rug from under you. <laughs> they are going to screw you. And everyone's like, no, Medium's way better. Um, and there certainly is lots of like Hacker Noon and Free Code Camp. Um, all of these things were like they built on the back of Medium and they guarantee they would not be nearly as popular if it were not for Medium. But you're starting to see people sort of turn their back on Medium right now because they're starting to do weird things with your content. They're starting to block it. They're not allowing you to, to do things. So I am always 100% of the the um, idea of just own your own content. And I would say like it's fine to, to whip up a quick WordPress or Medium or something like that that's hosted just to get your ideas out there. But in the long term, over, over the arch of your life, this is your content. You should own it and you should, you should ideally be um, sort of hosting it yourself and having control over it. Especially like, I don't know, if you want to like, let's say you've got this amazing backlog of, of 40 blog posts and you've got tons of traffic going to them. And also you, you could like, you could launch a course on that and you yeah. could make a lot of money. But if you're on medium, you don't, you can't like put a banner or something up like that. And you could put a little text link at the top, but you're going to make a hundred times more money if you're able to put a banner or a little countdown clock or, or anything like that. If you have control over the, the source code of that, it's going to be better in the long run for you. I guarantee it. Yeah, I can totally hear what you're saying, because even in even in like Hacker Noon or some of those where 
dev to or, or, or whatever the where you don't own the platform itself and you're just publishing yeah. on there it's great for name recognition but in the same respect you're not able to do those things either and i think that is a, a big part about owning your content if you're looking for this thing to you know advance your career in some way other than hey look i wrote these blog posts because you see that you see well so and so writes completes tutorials if you'd like to learn about these tutorials you know head on over to here but that requires a lot for the user and it requires them to read it uh, read that little section they, you know they might get to that part and see oh this is an ad i'm going to just turn back now uh, compared to if they're seeing a banner ad or or something a little bit flashier Maybe not something obnoxious, but still, it, I totally hear what you're saying on that in terms of being mm -hmm. able to own the platform. And and I personally have gotten screwed, so to say, in not owning my platform in some sort of ways when I was trying to do everything through YouTube. So before I built Level Up Tutorials, I was really just trying to do everything through YouTube in terms of how I make money or how I, you know, interact with the community. And I and I relied on YouTube's ad revenue and when their revenue model changed and my uh, revenue dropped in half and then in half again, I just had to sort of be like, oh, OK, well, I guess I guess I just have to accept this because I have no power and no control yeah. over how they manage their platform. And, and sure enough, they have better tools for monetization and stuff in there now. But like it was it was such a huge my my fire had been extinguished by the giant bucket of water that YouTube's revenue had poured on. I was just like, oh man, like I put so much work into this and now I'm making 500 bucks a month on 300,000 yeah. subscribers. You know, it's like, this is not worth it at all. Yeah. And, and uh, on the flip side, I've always been aggressive of getting like you can use, I use YouTube, but I, I try very hard to take those people off of YouTube and yeah. into my own course platform. And because I did that with all of my free courses, I have a massive email list and a massive audience to, to be able to sell my free stuff to. And I guarantee I wouldn't be able to do this full time if I had not tried to channel those people out of the, the platform. Because again, these companies are out there to make money and they do what makes sense for them. They don't care about you, the, the creator, uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, we, sh we should also say like, there's also like this like third area, which is like writing blog posts for other people. So you can go out there and, and write blog posts for Smashing Mag and CSS Tricks and Web Designer Mag. You could write one for Level Up Tutorials too, if you want. I'll, I'll publish it. We have a post section, but uh, <laughs> we don't have an official program, but I'll publish it if it's good. Yeah. I've written posts for, for both Smashing Mag, CSS Tricks and the the what's the web designer magazine web designer magazine i think <laughs> whatever it's called net and uh net mag that was what it was and those are great publications but um i think with the exception of uh the css tricks when i wrote my sublime text article because that was that was what gave me a huge initial push um i thought that i was going to get a lot more fame and recognition hmm. than it actually was and and i found out that uh in the long tail not maybe not maybe immediately when when these big entities can push uh 40,000 people to an article but in the long run over 3 years of just getting random google searches uh -huh, and, yeah, yeah. and recognition i think that it's better in the long run that i had put most of the stuff on my own blog yeah i think i think there is sort of um it's funny because i think there is a matter of like what your intention is like is your intention just to um blog about your interests is it just about to share your experience or are you trying to do something more with it 
Are you trying to have it mm-hmm. enhance your career? You have to look at it as like, what's your intentions? Are you trying to get eyes and audience on this? Because there's a lot of these questions that the answer could very well be, well, the right solution for me is to post on one of these sites, you mm-hmm. know, free code camp or anything, because because your piece is more likely to get read. Because if you if it's on your own thing, you're going to have to hustle for it. I mean, it's you know, if it's not a, if you build it, they will come situation. You have to you have to hustle for those clicks. I can't think of how many times I've seen like a, a forgive me if uh, for saying this, but like a crappy blog post on on Reddit that got, you know, just pushed onto the web dev Reddit. And then it will like it'll grow to the mass of two thumbs ups or, or, or upvotes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. And that's where it remains because. You know, people just don't they don't don't care about it, right? So yeah. without some sort of heavy name attached to it, like one of these platforms, people just flat out might not care. And that could be a big problem because you post it, you maybe get like 30 or 40 views and then like, <laughs> like that's it. And if that's... Yeah, it's kind of you know, deflating. You spend a couple yeah. of days writing this thing and then it doesn't yeah. go out to... It's it's hard to get that. And it's hard to get that uh, sort of initial ump uh, behind wind. it. And that... I think that's a really good point you said, like, like, what is your idea? Like, sometimes there's people out there that maybe have like an open source project and they just want eyes on it. And they don't they don't necessarily care about creating a, like a blog that, that has lots of readers and and people behind it because that's not their end game. They're yeah. not like me and you where they need to capture these people. Right. Um, they just want people to be able to use their thing. So, of course, in that situation, then absolutely. Or people who are, are big proponents for accessibility, they just want to to get the most people ever to know about accessibility. And if that's the case, then they go to these platforms and write an article for them. And you can also get, you get paid by these platforms as well. You can make some decent little uh, pocket change there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's all, all good things to keep in mind. It's funny because you have this idea of you publish a blog post on your own platform. And I said, you know, I might get one or two upvotes and then nobody will, you know, care, but all of these platforms, like every platform ever, including level up tutorials, that's how it started, right? You release something, yeah. nobody cares. You release something, nobody bottom. cares. Yeah. Yeah. I started. Now we hear. Yeah. I don't like Drake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Canada. me neither. I hate Drake. I, I'm sorry yeah. from Canada to the rest of the world for Drake. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it is, it's like if you have a longer term end game, you have to get cool with nobody caring about any of your stuff and then just go from from there and then something will get picked up and then something will get picked up and something will get picked up and who knows maybe the first video or the first blog you you released will eventually have a million views on it and just uh, people get tired too after after doing a couple and not seeing that progress so you have to know what your long long-term end game is and if you don't have a long-term end game that's cool you can just sort of bounce off the walls like a ping pong ball and until you uh find what that end game is. You don't have to have mm-hmm. the plan and everything at the outset. I think that's the beauty of of blogging. Yeah. Is that you just do it. You, well, you you can just try things with a blog. Like that's what I did. I was just trying blog posts and then I I hit my Sublime Text blog post and they took off and I said that's my thing, you know? Like I didn't know what my thing was until <laughs> I, I'd specifically done those. And that's the beauty of a blog. You can like taste test things and you you'll know by the stats and the shares and the comments and the tweets as to what has hit a nerve and what is going to work for your thing. Yeah, my thing was SaaS tutorials before anybody knew what SaaS was. That was my thing. Good thing. 
<laughs> so the other questions we had here, what are the pros and cons of each of these platforms? We talked about that. What are the easiest platforms for a quick start? I think Scott answered that is I would probably get a Gatsby or a, a grid some blog up and running. You don't uh, need I a database. That, you have no configuration. You just hit a command and you have markdown files. You make a new markdown file. It just works. Love it. <laughs> totally. Be any yeah. you, you probably don't need the admin editing UI if you're a developer. Like that's I'm I've been working on my own Gatsby website for a while now and I I don't think Markdown is a good a good solution for anyone not technical. Like you're not going to no. ask a client no. to <laughs> yeah. do Markdown, but as a developer it's amazing cuz you can just start writing in a text file deploy that sucker and it will go up on on the website and that's like the such a low barrier to to actual entry. Yeah. Yeah, now that we got MDX, MDX, love it. Yes. And then the fourth question here is, what are the best platforms for a developer to learn more skills by building? So again, I'd probably go with a, a Gatsby or a headless WordPress uh, with Gatsby, something like that, because uh, you're also going to learn just building your own thing as well. You're going to get better at your web development design skills by doing that. And you learned GraphQL, you'll get better at React. You'll see just how dang fast React sites can be. The thing mm-hmm. that bog, bugs me is that when people like talk about some of these platforms, they'd be like, why would you want to use a front end framework for this kind of thing? Well, because we're not shipping the front. I mean, you are shipping it, but like the initial hit is HTML and CSS. It's the fastest darn site on the in the planet. Gatsby sites are so dang fast that with the amount of like preloading and all those things that you get with a Gatsby site out of the box, like like, yeah, I could build an HTML site with all of those features that does all of those things like that, but it's going to take me longer. So like a Gatsby site to me is really the the pinnacle of building a fast site quickly. Gridsome included as well for, for those of you viewpoint. And we've talked a lot about markdown files and things like that. But I do want to talk or at least lead into one of our sponsors here, which is Sanity, which allows you to have an actual full on backend. Now, I did mention that I thought having to get a whole WordPress rig set up for your darn blog is kind of a pain in the rear, especially you got to do all the database stuff. But what happens if if you could just sign up for a service that allows you to build a fully extendable UI for a backend and allows you to do it as quickly and painlessly as just simply signing up for any account anywhere. That's where Sanity comes in with Sanity.io. So if you do want a UI for your blog post, maybe uh, maybe your website is a little bit more complex past what a Markdown file and uh, like though if you if you get complex with Markdown, you start getting into what's called front matter, which is a bunch of like tags and slugs and, and things that you put at the top of your Markdown file and this kind of like hidden data. However, at a certain point, you you do want... Uh, if, you're, if your website gets a little bit more complex, you might want a UI where you can do relational data, you can have a, a, an interface for uploading images, you can create your own custom inputs. And that's what Sanity does. It does structured content. So you can sign into Sanity. You, can, you have a UI for creating your own CMS backend, and then you can bring along your Gatsby, or they have like a great Gatsby integration. Any any sort of um, front end that you want to build your own uh, with that. So I would recommend checking out Sanity at sanity.io forward slash syntax. If you go to that URL, you're gonna get double uh, the free plan than what you just get on the homepage. So make sure you go to sanity.io forward slash syntax. They also have a couple links there on some quick getting started with a. Uh, like you can get started with Next or Nuxt or Gatsby. You can take a quick look at those. Thanks so much to Sanity for sponsoring. Awesome. 
Awesome. So uh, the next one, I think this is something Scott and I are pretty good at. How do you structure a blog post? And, and I don't necessarily mean just for a blog post, but like anytime that we want to make a video, anytime we want to make a podcast or a blog post, we have to take this idea that is just a bunch of stuff floating around in our head and we need to like distill that down into uh, an outline. The, the big question is, how do you do that? Do you want to tackle that? I, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer this because I'm so bad at reading. I like have to like listen to my, my blog posts a lot. I'm just dreadful at reading. So in my mind, everything comes down to the same type of structure that you would use sort of for anything, right? You have your introduction, maybe the what and whys of your reading this. I don't recommend starting off with, Webster's Dictionary defines testing as oh, the yeah. process of like that. No, don't do that. That's like every every like conference talk starts with that too. Like Brendan Ike created JavaScript in 1922. Yes, and uh, <laughs> like okay, you don't know, like I, it. It makes sense that people start with Webster's Dictionary or this is the history of it because they don't know where else to do it. But that's so boring, and almost nobody cares uh, yeah. about about that. Get into the really. You, you have to start with something that will hook somebody into reading or listening to the rest. They call it the hook for a reason, right? Yeah, it's a hook. You got to hook them and you got to let them know why they should be reading it. I see this a lot with libraries too. People, they don't, they don't give you the hook. They just start getting into some of the mumbo jumbo without telling you the hook. You know, some the best <laughs> best uh, libraries and blog posts have a great hook. Here, you're doing everything wrong for these reasons. I don't know. It doesn't have to be clickbaity, but clickbaity can be uh, a decent hook sometimes as long as it's accurate and not totally overblown. But you could say like, the five linting mistakes you're making. Hey, these five linting mistakes are going to be wasting you a ton of time. So let's get into, you know, what they are. Yeah. And then so that gives the reader a clear expectation, right? From the get go. It says, this is what the article's about. And then also not only that, but it also gives them maybe like, all right, here's what I can expect out of the length, because I see that there's going to be five things. They're going to hit on each of them. And then that's going to be the article. You have this intro that needs to hook and give a, a good idea of what they're in for. And then subheads, subtitles with sections of each thing that you're looking at before then. The best blogs do it with an anchor link so that you can link directly to those uh, headings and have, you know, who does a great job of this is Scotch, Scotch.io. Mm -hmm. They have like a little pound sign next to the logo or next to the subheading. So you can just click that and, and get the update the link to the page so you can copy and paste the link really quickly from there. So again, subheadings, images where they're needed, those kind of things. But for structure for me, again, you need the hook, the intro, the meat. That's organized and structured. And then the conclusion, this is what you should have learned. And then you can do your shameless plugs and whatever at the end. <laughs> I, I always like to up, up front is describe the problem. I only kind of described our episode. Sorry. Yes. No, that, <laughs> just, that's great. It's a pretty much a syntax episode. Well, I th that's what we do for a syntax episode is we have a little description at the top. Why is this episode important? We did that right here. We said, because we think that blogging is... Uh, important for your career and, and can, can really put you forward. And we sort of summarize it. Today, we're going to be talking about how we actually create the mechanics of where you should host it, as well as as the actual content, right? So th those are the, the two things that we're going to be talking about that hooks you in for the 
the entire episode. Another thing that bugs me is people don't provide links to demos and other important things. Like if somebody's excited about it, they might read the summary, they might scan the sub the titles, but they they just want to see a demo of what it is. So if you have like a blog post that's seven thousand words on like I hooked lasers up to my cat and did it all <laughs> with Node.js, right? Like I want to see a video of that immediately. I want to see that, and too. then I'll, then I want to get into how did you actually do it, right? Like put the demos, put the links up top. Or like if if you're saying like I researched office chairs for 60 days and here's I decided on this one. Just tell people what it is that you, you've decided on and then people will go into why did you decide on that? Put put the important stuff up top. Uh, I think that's super important. So structuring, I think that's good. Just do an outline uh, and then sort of fill it in. That's how I do absolutely everything in my life, including my videos. Um, I'll just sort of dump all the info into uh, a bunch of titles. I'll rearrange it until it makes sense. Um, and then I'll go into each of those sections. And if you find that there's too much in one section, that's a, gr- that's a great time to split it up into two different sections. Yeah, I do that too. And even for the series, I'll do an outline for the series And then I'll do an outline for the videos that it's sort of, you know, like, all right, now I'm going to dive a little bit more in depth. And that actually could be like how you structure a blog series. You know, here is the here is the the global outline and here is the more in-depth outline. And that kind of thinking, again, it will just get you thinking about structure. I'll get you thinking about the key points that you want to hit on in general. It's the same stuff that you learned in middle school or, or high school and they were having you write papers. And it's no wonder that I'm not doing blog posts considering I turned in one essay in my senior year and my teacher said, I think you have dyslexia. <laughs> so <laughs> just like, oh, maybe that's why I'm not good at this. Next one is how do you get direct traffic to your blog posts? Because that's part of a frustration uh, with writing these blog posts. You you finally finish it and you launch it and you get like uh, 10 hits to it and probably five of them are from a bot. So this is a hard topic or a hard thing to do because I think often people will create content in the dark. Um, and then, and this, this goes for anything. I see this was all the time with people that build courses or uh, people that are, are building a YouTube video. They'll, they'll just like stay in the dark, create all this content. And then when it's time, they go, okay, I'm done. How do I get people to it? And I, I think it's really important to, if you do want people to to go to it, you have to do what I think everybody else is doing is you have to be working on building an audience uh, to that type of thing. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> that type of thing takes a very long time. Uh, so like, how do you get traffic to your blog? You blog for five years with no traffic and slowly over time, especially because of because of Google, because of backlinks, because of like... One like a really good example that I have is I have a a blog post about being a sole proprietor that's I think probably eight or nine years old. And I in that, I, I just sort of detailed all of the things that I need to know about running a business as a sole proprietor. And in that, I put a link to FreshBooks. And I still, seven years later, two, I get 200 bucks a month in FreshBooks re- affiliate referrals to it. And, nice. and that that never, never in my life had, had a lot of traffic. Never. Probably, I don't know, eight to 15 hits a day. But... 8 to, 15, 8 to 15 hits a day <laughs> times seven years. These are sort of like longer term things. Uh, people do find it. It's got links everywhere. It's been reprinted in countless textbooks. People like a lot of the big publishers have asked to reprint it in, in textbooks. Like just stuff like that. Well, it'll slowly gain momentum over time. Yeah, totally. So 
one of the things that's hard for us as developers is that we often feel like slimy pushing our stuff or we feel concerned that people are going to rip it apart. Now, they might rip it apart, but that's one of those things you kind of just got to get over at some point. The fact that people might might just rip it apart and you can choose how you respond to that, whether you learn in advance from it, whether you, you just ignore it, whatever. It doesn't honestly matter as long as your response is appropriate, right? So don't don't be rude back. Uh, just move on or, or address the problems and or if there are them. But you have to push your stuff out there or else no one's ever going to find it. I, I have a lot of friends who are musicians who would create excellent music and they would just expect, oh, well, if my music is the best music ever, which uh, it's great, but it's not the best music ever. If it is great, then like, you know, people aren't just going to inherently find it, love it, and you're not going to blow up. You have to hustle for those listens. You got to hustle for those clicks. You got to work for it. Uh, and that comes down to really anything that you want anyone to care about. Because at the end of the day, people are, are mostly thinking about themselves. How am I going to get this, you know, job? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? People are thinking about themselves. They're not thinking like, oh, I have to go looking for the best blog post and the best author. They're just going to, they're going to, you know, get hooked on your, your topic because it's been shown to them in some sort of way that's been put in front of their mind. So you, you have to work to get those clicks. You got to work to get that audience. And that's not something that's just going to happen via SEO or automatically. You got to work for it. You got to tweet out, hit them up, do all of those things. And you can learn lessons from then in literally anything. I mentioned musicians or anything like that, but it's literally any art or anything where you're having to uh, sell yourself or whatever in any sort of way, you got to, you got to work for it. And I think that's one of the hard lessons that developers need to learn from marketers is, you know, it feels slimy, but you got to work for it. Mm -hmm. Other things you can do is uh, submit them to weekly emails. So there's this huge uh, Peter Cooper runs uh, Cooper Press, which has uh, JavaScript weekly. He's got like a weekly email for absolutely every single topic. And he's looking for links all the time. Um, And he doesn't necessarily care who it's from. He just cares that it's good. One of our episodes was recently in there. Was it? Which one? Yeah, the foundational JavaScript one. Oh, that's... I got got the newsletter. I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that episode did super well. I I saw it got got shared by a whole bunch of people. And we didn't submit it there, but uh, he obviously saw it. But most, if you don't have a big audience, then uh, you can just submit links. He has a whole process for submitting links to this. Um, I think that's that's really good. And then you can also just straight up ask people to to share it for you. Um, so this is something I'm not. I don't totally feel great about uh, because I get emails all the time from people saying like, "I wrote this thing, can you share it?" Or the "I thought your audience would enjoy," yeah. which is uh, straight out of marketing mm-hmm. handbook, which I don't necessarily like yes. all that much. So <laughs> usually I'll share stuff for for people who I'm sort of not friends with, but like who have maybe helped me out in the past or who are sort of friendly with me. Generally, like I see their Twitter avatar. I know who they are. Happy to do something like that if, if I can. Uh, my DMs are, are full, so I, I don't see all my DMs, but I'm happy to do that. Uh, but then other times you get like the first DM ever from somebody. They're just like, hey, share this, please. I'm like, no, like, uh, who are you? And then I have to vet it. And sometimes you tweet something and then people get all... If there's something in the article that they don't agree with, then you're in the middle of this like huge Twitter fight, and like that's not necessarily something that I, I, I want to get on. So absolutely ask away. Ask everybody you want to share that thing. Nothing wrong with that. Just don't expect it to hundred percent work all the time. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I get it. We get a lot of it's funny. Even with the podcast, I know there's so many of these things that we can relate to the podcast, but just how many emails do we get that says it's like the exact same script? I feel like they copied and pasted this script, but it'd be like my uh, CEO of the company that I work for would be a really great guest on your show. I think yeah. your audience would really enjoy the book that they published <laughs> with the link to the book. Like, it's like, where did you get this script? There is so many people who give us this. And it's like, do you honestly yeah. think that that's going to work if we've gotten that a hundred other times that your CEO from some company is the perfect guest for the show just so happens to line up with the release of their book? Like, that is not what we do on this show. Like, when have we no. ever done that on the show? It just shows that you don't listen to the show and that your guest isn't a good fit for the show. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. That really bugs me. People who have those scripts. I mean, if you're going to do it, kind of at least do it a little bit more genuine than that if you expect them to do it. Yeah, that that's awful. I can't believe how many people email saying my boss wants to be on the podcast. Like, can your boss not email me themselves, first of all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanna hear I wanna hear your your boss's thoughts on the podcast if if they're gonna be and I wanna hear maybe about one or two episodes, maybe maybe some proof, maybe something from the back catalog to show you've been a longtime fan or something. No, I don't I don't care that much. But like honestly, <laughs> you you gotta if you expect the people to share your things, you've got to have at least some sort of a connection there. And having zero connection and code calling like that is the same as calling up some person at random and asking them to you know, subscribe to a magazine or something. It's not going to work. And you know what else is not going to work? Your website, because you write bad code. <laughs> and uh, your bad code needs to be tamed with an error and exception handling tool, one of which is our favorite over here at Syntax, and that is Sentry. Now, I say it's our favorite, not because there's sponsoring us because, you know, they are, but uh, I use Sentry myself and I pay for it. I, uh, this is, you know, then they they're not giving me Sentry for free. I pay for it and I love it and I use it. And I have since before we uh, took them on as a sponsor. Now, Sentry is an excellent service that allows you to capture, log and handle all of your errors and exceptions. Uh, for instance, I've been having a, a really weird bug that I've been uh, crushing lately. And, uh, you know, I discovered some interesting new features and tools within Sentry. For instance, I, I had one sort of Sentry bug that's been popping up over and over again. And it's very obviously from a user's uh, Chrome extension because it tells me that in the error handling. And I found that inside of my project, in the project settings, I can tell it, hey, you know what? You should not log any errors that look like they might be coming from a Chrome extension, because honestly, I don't care to debug someone else's Chrome extension. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> so I, I can click that and it easily, now I don't get all those errors and my error log makes more sense to me. Sentry is just great and they somewhat recently changed their APIs to be a little bit more unified. You're no longer using Raven, you're no longer you know, you're using Node Sentry, you're using JavaScript Sentry and it, it works really well. I, I've been a big fan of these changes and, uh, Sentry is just one of these tools I really, really couldn't run my business without because it lets me know of these bugs, how many users they're happening to, when they're happening. Uh, it lets me know about releases, if I screwed something up in a release, what release, who made the commit, how to fix it uh, from then and there. So head on over to Sentry.io, use the coupon code TastyTreat, all lowercase, all one word, and you will get two months for free. So Sentry.io, coupon code TastyTreat, all lowercase, one word, two months free. That's all you got to know. Go ahead and do it. The last question we have here is, how do you get content to be in-depth but succinct? <laughs> it's <kind of> <laughs> it's a succinct. This is a typo in the, in the show notes and says, suck int. 
Which is, I'm not judging because I would probably spell succinct the same way, but it's hilarious. It's a suck in. Sucking. It's, a, it's like a, it's like a integer in JavaScript, but it's like never the value you want. That's a, a suck in. It sucks. It, it makes your code bad. Mm-hmm. I, I should say uh, the answer to this is you're never going to make everybody happy, but you should be aiming to make people equally mad on either side. That's sort of how I go on my my tutorials. Um, <laughs> I want enough angry emails that stuff is too hard as matching as stuff is not in depth enough. Um, and, and that way, if, if I feel that those two things mm-hmm. are balanced, that means I know I'm, I'm hitting the spot that I want to be because you're always going to get people who like with my node course, a lot of times people say like... I wish that you would just do it with pure node APIs and no packages and like like just do low level database stores and, and things like that. And then you also get the people saying like, like, oh, this is too complex. I wish you'd just use a framework, right? And and I'm, and then most of the people are sort of down the middle. So don't worry about those fringes. Those are just people who are not your target audience. And I've said it many times. There's a Seth Godin quote where he just says like, make your thing. And uh, if people don't like it, you just say it's not for you. Um, because generally, if you have this yep. idea of something that you want to build and you want to make... Uh, you know who it's for. You know, it's probably for you three months ago. Um, and, and you're going to find your sort of audience. And don't worry about those those people. So on that that said, I, I always recommend to not go long-winded um, just because no one's going to read it. People's attention spans are, are really, really low. Um, and if you can sort of catch them with being succinct and getting in enough that you can... And then the last point that I have here is that uh, the beautiful thing about a blog post and the worst thing about video is that blog posts are living. They're easy to update. You can always patch things in where you need it. And if you find you're getting lots of questions or lots of comments on a specific issue, uh, you can always go back and edit and put that in. And that sort of living document, that's both good for, for Google Juice. Google wants to see that you're sort of tending to this article over time. Um, but it's also just good for making a really hard, beautiful blog post over time. Yeah, like a topiary. You got to make sure it, it stays uh, nice and pruned, <laughs> uh, looking looking nice and fresh. I mean, that, but for real, I think a lot of it is just knowing who that audience is. Like you mentioned, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But you got to look at some blogs like Overreacted, right? Dan Abramov's blog. He goes deep into some of these things in React and it's the perfect yeah. thing for him to do. And it's really captured that audience because the people that are listening to him or reading his blog, they're going to want to see that kind of content. And that's what makes it so good is the fact that it yeah, good point. Um, it, it nailed that, that line. So, you know, you personally, your audience is a little bit different. And my audience too is different. And, and, you know, the things that I'm going in depth on is, is like, here's how to do this basic thing, right? Here's how to do this thing. And if you want to follow along in the next one, then the next one will tell you how to take it a little bit further, or you can just stop here and go off on your own. If you've picked up the thing that you've learned by now, you can always add on more so I, I usually personally venture on the shorter side of things and keep it shorter, keep it more succinct and worry less about uh, covering every single use case in one single post. You know, try to have one central idea, keep it to that idea and then don't go further than that because you can always make another post that encapsulates that other idea. You can link it. You can do multi-part blog posts, part one, part two, part three, part four, that kind of thing. 
uh, I have no problem with that. So I, I usually keep it more on the succinct side. I usually keep it less on the technical side and more on the here's how to big picture of everything. Here's how this thing makes your life better. Here's the things to type to get it up and running. And here's what happened because we did that. So usually that that's my my structure, my thoughts on it. Um, but again, it depends on who your audience is. Some people really, really can go in depth and deep on things and have that really work out for them. So that is all about blogging. I'm, I'm actually really happy with this episode. There's a lot of things that I like to, to say about blogging. I, I, I wish that I did more blogging myself. Right now, I have other avenues of sort of getting my thoughts out. And that is via the podcast, via my own videos, things like that. But um, I think blogging is probably the lowest barrier uh, to entry. And also, sometimes I even think about like, I say all this stuff on Twitter, and then it just like, it goes away. Like I should really be taking my hot tips and turn them into just very <laughs> short blog posts. And that's another tip I have here is like, don't think that a blog post needs to be this huge thing. It could be three sentences of, huh, today I learned you can change this in this program. Or today I learned you can use the JavaScript spread to do this. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Just document it for a later time. Because even if I look at my own hot tips, people are like, what's the archive? I'm like, I, I don't know. They're all, they're all gone by now. And I'm sure I could look the them up somehow, yeah. but it would be worth it. One of the podcasts I listened to, the one of the hosts, uh, he always like goes on like tweet threads. And then they were saying like, if it's more than, you know, four tweets, then just put it into a blog post. Just put it into yeah. a blog post. And then that way, all of those are at least in one spot. It's easier to follow. And it is, you know, searchable and all those things and archivable and uh, easy to find in those ways. But yeah, I don't really have anything else. It's uh, my final thoughts here. All right, let's get into some sick picks. I have a sick pick today that is a podcast, another good one that I've been been finding. Um, And this one is called Spectacular Failures. And it's a podcast that goes into just... (laughs) <laughs> spectacular failures, things like beer companies and and how Kodak went under and the funeral industry and uh, Christian theme park that went under her. And it's, it's nuts. The, these, the stories are just insane. I love listening to this type of thing. So I would recommend that you check it out. It's called Spectacular Failures. Well, I just I just clicked that little checkbox. I just smashed that like button and uh, I'm going to be <laughs> subscribing to that. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I have my sick pick is also a podcast and it not only is it also a podcast, but it's very kind of similar in a lot of ways. And so when you were starting, I was just like, I wonder if we're going to have the same exact sick pick. Uh, we don't, but it's very <laughs> similar. And I think there if you subscribe to both of these, you're going to get like a ton of uh, fun knowledge in these kind of ways. Mine is called Business Wars, and it's from uh, Wondery, who's, you know, one of the big networks. They do a lot of big time shows. Um, But Business Wars is really great because it tells the story of uh, different business situations, different competitions uh, where companies are competing against each other. I'm currently listening to one of the ones, the story is a little bit more interesting than I would have thought. And the story is Netflix versus Blockbuster. And I just really just assumed that Netflix came in, did their thing and, you know, Blockbuster didn't hang. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Uh, there's a lot of like CEO and board member stuff. And, you know, there's people on Blockbuster's team that essentially had everything and the ideas to counter Netflix, but didn't have any sort of power over their bosses. So you just think of it as like, oh yeah, Blockbuster, they didn't adjust. They they died. But there it goes so much deeper than that. And there's so much more interesting than that. And they have these things for all sorts of different ones from Hasbro versus Mattel, 
McDonald's versus Burger King. And all of these are like five or six episodes long. So they're they're really in-depth. They're really good. And I personally have just been loving this podcast. So uh, you subscribe to, to Business Wars, subscribe to uh, Spectacular Failures, and uh, you're going to get a lot about uh, corporations and how they operate, some neat ideas and epic failures. Because really, at Business Wars, a lot of the companies end up failing at the end of it. So a uh, little common theme there. And if you want to learn more about failure, just listen to the Syntex episode on failure, because I thought we nailed that one. I think it's just called failure or something to that extent. One of the older ones in our back catalog. Yeah. Um, shameless plugs. I, yeah, I have a big shameless plug. Uh, the Level Up tutorials, uh, subscription Level Up Pro, the price is going up in uh, the 15th. So you don't have very long here to subscribe. And if you subscribe to the year, not only are you going to get 25% off, but you're going to get that price forever. And so it's 180 bucks a year if you subscribe uh, for the year. Right now, when you're listening to this, if it's after August 15th, you missed it. I'm so sorry. This is going to be the last chance you have to get this rate forever. We have a huge catalog that came to level up tutorials over the past year, two years here. And there's so much more content now available now than ever. The latest course is Gatsby e-commerce and the next course that's coming is Shopify and Gatsby. Uh, both of which of these courses you'll dive into headless e-commerce and the common pitfalls you might face from building a very simple site to building a very complex site. So if you want to learn that stuff, head on over to leveluptutorials.com forward slash pro and sign up. This is your last chance to lock in at this rate uh, forever. Sick. I have all my courses as well available at westboss.com forward slash courses. Uh, you can learn. Uh, there's a bunch of free ones, a bunch of paid ones. Check it on out. Use the coupon code syntax. You're going to get 10 bucks off any of the paid courses. If you get a free one, I will send you 10. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to send you 10 bucks. These are still free. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow Scott and I on Twitter. I'm at Westboss. Scott is at S. Talinsky. Uh, we're also on the gram as well. So hit us up on there. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning yes, in. Sir. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.